Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, Cody Jansen. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 22, brought to you by CST Tires. It continues to be an unprecedented and crazy time in the world we live in. With how it's affecting our lives in so many ways, this period will definitely go down in history and will never be forgotten. As I stated last week, our hope is to offer you some reprieve from the stresses around us and a respite amid the current COVID-19 outbreak. We were originally scheduled to be in Texas at Underground this past weekend, but we know that that event has been postponed until September. And last week I speculated, and now we know, south of the border will be affected as well. The South Carolina event has been postponed due to the ongoing COVID-19 concerns and in accordance with government recommendations regarding large group gatherings. The hope is to reschedule the event for a later date, but no date has been determined yet. So that essentially gives us another two months off making the Ironman Raceway event in Crawfordsville, Indiana, scheduled for the weekend of May 23rd and 24th, the first possibility of us going racing. The absolute correct decision was made and hopefully things can start getting a little better so we can resume normal life. But that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some diligence. It's going to take some time. So in the meantime, we're going to keep bringing you the fire content. We had a last-minute change of plans when something came up for another guest, but honestly, the timing couldn't have been any better to get this guy on. My buddy Jeffrey Rostrelli is going to join me tonight to talk about the coronavirus and, as a current top pro, how he plans to navigate that. We'll talk about his new team, things you don't know about him, and so much more. Also, we'll have the owner of Rocket Machining and Design, DJ Sperling, on tonight. You may remember the name from ATV Youth Racing from yesteryear, and he's a longtime friend of mine. So excited to get him on to talk about his business, background, products, and more. You're not going to want to miss that. Exciting episode tonight. The timing is perfect, but before we dig in, let's hear from all the awesome sponsors that make this show possible. Thanks to our title sponsor, CST Tires, csttires.com. The Pulse MXR tire is the best tire on the market no matter what the terrain. Join the CST takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Thank you to Motorsports Powerhouse and show sponsor Yamaha. We are proud to be partnered with the winningest manufacturer of the past decade in ATV motocross and the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is Team Blue Crew. Thank you, Yamaha. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. Thanks to another member of Racing Royalty and longtime sponsor of my personal racing efforts, Valvoline. For over 150 years, Valvoline has been dedicated to innovating and improving your riding and driving experience. The world's oldest oil company still leads the charge with unrivaled products and lubricants. Thank you, Team Valvoline, for coming on board. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and keeping costs affordable the goal. This Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity with eccentric colorways and crazy patterns, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Gripped is driven to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. Get a grip on life. Check them out today at GrippedGloves.com. That's G-R-I-P-T-Gloves.com and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save. 
Thank you to SSI Decals. SSI Decals was a key contributor to Team USA's winning efforts at the Quad Cross of Nations, Joel Hetrick's 2019 Pro Title, my national championship last season, as well as Chad Wienan's program that tasted victory in Daytona. Simply put, SSI is the decal choice of champions everywhere. Their track record speaks for itself. Champions choose SSI Decals for unmatched look and quality. Thanks to those guys. Check them out today at SSIDecals.com. Thank you to DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. Team USA, Joel Hetrick, and myself trusted DID's unrivaled chain quality all the way to championship victory this past season. Wherever you go, go with DID. Thank you, Namira Technologies. Namira, pistons with an attitude. Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side markets since 2001 with their wide array of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. Visit your local dealer or online at namira.com. That's N-A-M-U-R-A.com. Also a big thanks to Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been the industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. Whether it's electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, suspension parts or bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source when it comes to whatever you need for whatever you ride. BroncoATV.com. Thank you to Forworks Carbon for their continued support. Known for their hoods, seat covers, array of carbon parts, and so much more, Forworks is your one-stop shop to give your ATV a new and improved look with increased function for 2020. New year, new look with Forworks Carbon. Head over to their social media pages or website today. Thank you, Forworks Carbon. Thanks as always to Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. Upgrade to Evans now to avoid overheating and boil over next time you hit the track. When conditions are at their worst, Evans is at its best. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save at checkout, evanscoolant.com. Thanks to DP Brakes, the unquestioned leader in motorsports and power sports braking. DP is the brand responsible for allowing Joel Hetrick, myself, and so many others to outbreak the competition every time we hit the racetrack. It's not too late to join the team, so act fast. www.dp-brakes.com Thanks to Blender's Eyewear, whose life and forward motion brand is the perfect fit to partner with our podcast. You won't find better shades for a more attractive price anywhere else. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 to save on the trendiest shades on the market. Blenderseyewear.com Thanks to Oats Overnight. Life is hard. Make breakfast easy. Simply combine with milk before bed and enjoy your to-go breakfast in the morning. Overnight oatmeal loaded with superfoods, perfect for athletes. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. OatsOvernight.com Thank you, Mountaineer Brand. If you know me, you know I love my beard. That's why I treat it right with Mountaineer Brand's all-natural washes, oils, balms, and more. Use discount code CODYSFAVE in all caps. That's C-O-D-Y-S-F-A-V, CODYSFAVE in all caps, at mountaineerbrand.com. Thanks to Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses provides exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zone back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. With a 100 night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25 year warranty, getting your Avocado Green mattress cannot be any easier. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. And finally, we are excited to announce our latest partnership with Roman Health. 
On average, how many days would you guess that the average American has to wait to see a doctor? The answer is 29 days. Americans are forced to wait 29 days on average to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you are dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform to connect you with a licensed doctor in your state from the comfort of your own home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication to you for free with two-day shipping at no cost to you. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. There are no commitments, so you can cancel any time with Roman. If you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. From our new partners to our original sponsors, thanks for supporting the number one podcast in ATV racing and for making this dream a reality for both us and our listeners. We pride ourselves in partnering with only the best brands inside and outside of the industry, so better your riding experience and your lifestyle by supporting the sponsors who support us. If you enjoy the show, the best thing you can do is support our partners. And if you're interested in becoming a partner of the show, shoot me a message or email today for more details. Once again, thanks to all of our sponsors. And now, get ready to dig deep with one of the baddest ATV racers on the planet. Enjoy. We're soaked to welcome to the podcast, brought to you by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 X-Ring Chain. It's Jeffrey Rastrelli. What's going on, pal? Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Cody. Uh, really looking forward to doing this. Um, really looking forward to shedding some light on some things that we, uh, you know, previously talked about. Kind of, kind of just show people uh, some things maybe they don't know, and uh, and also talk about current stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it, and um, it's gonna be good, man. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of fitting us in. I know it was a little bit of a last-minute deal, so um, really appreciate you working with uh, with our schedule here. But uh, taking it from the top, man, how's life? How are things down in Florida? Kind of uh, crazy times out there right now. Yeah, it is crazy. And, um, yeah, it's what's weird is we just got issued to kind of stay in, like, just today. Okay. And, and where guidelines are, like, you know, essential businesses stay open and, and whatnot. And what's weird is it's pretty much not changing. They're just putting a label on it. Kind of like, I don't know. It's, it was really weird. They're still allowing restaurants to stay open for carry out and stuff like that. And, and then like our business, we run an excavating business with heavy equipment and stuff. And we're apparently essential like in, in the Florida, in the Florida, um, you know, the, the paper they released, I don't really know what it's called, but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're all, we're still going full bore. So I'm still training, still riding. Um, I got private tracks, thankfully. So, and like, it's kind of weird that the whole world's kind of shut down, but for me, it's still the same old thing. Still pretty normal for you. Yeah. So for the listeners, Jeffrey and I talked yesterday morning, he kind of told me that everything's pretty normal there. Then I read yesterday evening that, uh, that things are going to get kind of shut down in Florida. So I'm like, Oh, I wonder how, how that's going to affect things. So that's kind of what's going on here in Wisconsin is, you know, they have this, this shutdown kind of stay in order, but people aren't really listening. So I, I feel like we've, we're at least been in this for a week plus now. And it started where um, people were taking it pretty serious. And it seems every day people are getting a little more lax, a little more lax. So I don't, I don't know if that's a, 
you know, that doesn't seem like probably a good thing because who knows if it's spreading like wildfire. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's like there's less less traffic and stuff in town, man. But like I said, I mean, it's like my normal life, it's just I haven't changed a bit. I mean, I still go to Starbucks every morning and then you know, just little stuff like that. I mean, like my routine hasn't changed and, um, you know, it's, it's nice to go on a runs and like, and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, man, this, like I said, it hasn't changed much and they're kind of putting this thing on us, but like, it's, it hasn't, it's not changing. Like they told us before this that, you know, we should probably stay in and, and some places closed down and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Just put a label on it. Yeah. It's crazy. Like for us, uh, we're going on probably week three, the third full week of like, no gyms are open. Um, obviously you can't go dine in anywhere. Like, uh, there was pictures spreading like crazy at the beginning of this because you walk into Starbucks and it's, there's not a thing in the building. Like yep. you can't, you can't sit down, you can't, none of that no. stuff. So um, I kind of briefed it at the beginning of like, of the last episode where kind of like saying, Hey, like the stuff that's normal right now, like if you would have told us this would have been going on a month ago, you would have been like, dude, there's no way, not in the United yeah. States, not where we're from. Like that'll never happen. And uh, here yeah, we are. Sure. Like when I told you yesterday, you could, you get a crazy old homeless man that walked up to you, you know, a month ago. That's like, oh, there's going to be a world epidemic, and and the whole world's going to shut down. You can be like, dude, man, you're on some serious stuff. You need to, you need to go somewhere, you know. And we wouldn't have believed him, but here we are. Exactly, but, uh, exactly. Crazy. The only thing that uh, you know, I wish everybody be safe and and stuff like that. But man, I just want to go racing. I just want to go. I just want to go redeem myself because Daytona wasn't where I wanted it to be. So that's. That's what I'm just itching. I'm just itching to go racing. That's pretty much it. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're kind of leading into where I'm going with this. But, yeah, the biggest thing is that um, it's great to hear that you guys are staying safe, staying healthy down there. That's obviously what we want for everybody. Um, that's the biggest thing. But, yeah, let's get into the racing a little bit. We know that south of the border is postponed until a later date at this point, which basically means you have, you know, seven, eight weeks off now at minimum before we could possibly go racing again. So, I mean, when I say that, like what goes through your head? You know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of frustrating. I mean, honestly, I mean, just the point where I knew I was coming into Daytona with the new team and my fitness and my mental health and everything. It's just, um, it just really sucks, but I'm just gonna, you know, stay in this, this, this mindset that I have and stay focused and keep clicking away, man. Like I, I look at it like this. I go to work like every winter, you know, and, and this year, if I didn't get the call from Phoenix, I was done. So I kind of wasn't doing anything, which is unfortunate. Like I should have been, but I didn't, I didn't know if I had a ride or not. So I was just going to work and living a normal life. And then I got the call from David Eller, you know, at Phoenix and, and uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in any shape, way or form ready to go racing at that time, you know, but I look at it like this with this two extra months my fitness is just going to get that much better of what I already was. I was already ready to go, to go racing and, and race with the best in the world. And in my mind, I could win and to have an extra two months, shoot, you know, it's, it's going to be really good for me, you know, just consider I only had what, like two and a half months to get ready. So say you have four and a half, you know, five, man, that's going to be good for me. Really good. Yeah. I mean, I love the, that's kind of my outlook. If I was in your shoes, like I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So, um, you know, kind of to put a positive spin on it, 
uh, like, Hey, let's prepare that much more. Let's, uh, let's get ready. So we're, you know, as strong as you could possibly be, um, at the, at the next gate drop. I think that that's the way I would look at it too. But I mean, like safety is key, obviously. Um, we all want to go racing, but safety is the biggest thing, but you know, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be in your shoes because I'm sure you wanted to go show everybody what you were capable of after the way that Daytona went. And, uh, now it's like, you're having to wait that much longer. It's like, uh, it's like, there's just gotta be this building urge just to let it all out, you know, especially in Denver, Texas. Like I've always been really fast there. And even though last year my results weren't the best in the muds because of my bad hole shots, but before the mud came last year, I was, me and Joel were duking it out for the fastest qualifier. I mean, like each lap I'd come in and they're like second, I'm like, all right, you know, like, and I go and I click it off. And they're like first, all right. Like that's what I'm talking about. And just second, then first and second. And Joel got me like the last lap and I was, and I've always been fast there. So with that, my mindset was this year where I wasn't in the best of spots last year to know going there that I've always been fast, not just last year, but in every year, my fitness, everything. I was just chomping at the bit to go to Texas, man. I was just chomping, like, like please let us race this race, and then and then maybe postpone. I just wanted to get, I just want to get redemption on on what happened at Daytona. It didn't show what me and the team have, you know. It was a fluke thing, and yep. and we we struggled through the day, but you know what? Everybody struggles, and we were gonna go there, and we were me and Joel were you know gonna go and and kick everybody's butt. That was the plan, of course, you know. Yeah, and you know it's just the redemption for me. You know, Joel finishes second. He's like, all right, well, I I, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a little different mindset. Like I finished seventeenth. I'm I didn't make any money there. You know, and, and to go to Texas, it's, you got to pay bills and everything. So going to Texas was a big money maker for me and south of the border as well. So um, yeah, it's just frustrating on that side of things. Just jumping at the bush, get some redemption, and uh, to make some money, <laughs> like oh, to I'm make sure. some money to pay the bills because they, they didn't happen to Daytona. So. No, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I know like it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to be beating the drum, like, dang, we got to go racing. Um, because that's what we all want to do, obviously, but like the right decision is being made, you know, with, with some of the stuff you're seeing going on in places in the country. Um, so I, I'm not trying to belittle it, but yeah, man, we, I've been getting, I've been getting messages nonstop from people like, Oh, what's going to happen? Like, and I don't have any inside information, obviously, like, you know, the AMA guys and Harv and stuff like he's been keeping me in the know, but like, nobody really knows what's going to happen. And it's all really up to the government. I would imagine, you know, if they put another, another, uh, you know, I don't know what it was called, but another, you know, ban for people to be outside or whatever for another 30 days, it's really up to them. I think once that gets lifted, I yep. think we're just then we're good, you know. I think it would be back to re, you know resume back to normal, but um, yeah, I really feel like it's you know above even the series to to it make is. that call, you know. It so is. I don't it think is. We'll know, I don't think we'll know until you know make the government makes an announcement, you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, what I've been telling people when they ask me about it, what's going to have to happen because we're still like on the uptick right now, right? So things are yep. going to have to basically stop getting worse and then they're going to almost have to plateau and almost like start to come down the backside before things are going to be able to go back to normal um it's a real bummer it's a real bummer but 
this has been like the first week where I started to think like, what if this happens all summer long, you know, because they're talking about, and, and I never know what to read, what not to read or whatever, but I know, I know it's so tough. I know, but I read uh, yesterday or one of the guys in the shop were showing me that um, it's supposed to peak here in the third week of May. Well, that's when we're supposed to go racing. So that's truly the case. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, but yeah, so let's, let's talk some more racing stuff. Um, we don't got to get into that any farther. It was more the less I wanted to touch on the fact that, you know, you being a current top level ATV pro, I wanted to know kind of what the virus and, and all of this changes and kind of, even though we have like a date, like a, like a light at the end of the tunnel, it's also not concrete, right? So I kind of wanted to just know what your schedule is like and, and you know, kind of, but you're saying everything's kind of been normal for you so far. You're just going to keep preparing and preparing and preparing and, and be uh, ready to go whenever we get to go racing. Yeah, for sure. You know, if, if, you know, I feel like public tracks, like a lot of public tracks around me are closed and uh, I'm fortunate to have, you know, my track if I need it out, out, out uh, about 45 minutes from my house and I have another, supercross style track it's private and you know i can stay up on my fitness and stay up on my uh you know all my riding and everything and so and i live on five acres so i got a little space like if it was come down to where they you know didn't want us to be outside or this that and the other well, i got plenty of room so i can come outside and, and do an outdoor workout or rip the trx 90 in my yard or you know anything so man i just yeah like it, nothing's going to change for me other than and other than maybe, you know, working a little bit to make a little extra money while we got the downtime, like I worked today. And, um, but yeah, my main focus is obviously still, still training and riding. I mean, I, I, I work once or twice a week, maybe right now, just to keep the funds flowing. But, uh, yeah, man, just, just trying to, just trying to better myself every day. Like I died this morning, uh, I've been running a lot and I haven't, I didn't run last year and, and I just been running a lot since this happened. And man, I've really been enjoying it. It's been really fun doing long distance stuff and, longer distances you know five plus and yep. just having fun with it just enjoying that they that i get you know i'm getting paid to so still ride a four-wheeler and go train like that's that's what i look at every day when i wake up and you can't beat that no no you're exactly right i've been doing a lot of the same thing too because like i said the gyms are shut down so um can't do my normal typical treadmill runs i'm out outdoors doing it today it was nice dude it was like it was like 50 which was sweet it's that's been nice. like it's been like thirties when I've been doing yeah. it. So like, can't feel my fingers and my face is all cold, but no. So I, I get that a little bit too. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you talked about being in the best shape of your life, right? So, I mean, how do you try to maintain that um, while not burning yourself out in the meantime? Like, is that a thought of yours at all? It's because be, and the reason why I asked Jeffrey is like, you kind of like, with the races, you kind of ramp yourself up. So you're ready to go on race weekend. Right. Um, and now, I mean, you, are you like basically in preseason mode again? Because I, I, yeah, I think, I feel like I kind of am like, yeah, that's what I thought. Just, just for me. Cause I felt like I was maybe a little behind the eight ball when I started. And like I said, I'm, I wasn't unprepared by any means coming to Daytona by any means. Like I was ready to go win. And, but I just look at it like, you know, you, you got these two months, we'll just make the absolute best out of it. And then maybe two weeks, you know, before the, that race, you kind of tone it down 
you you don't you know train like that boot camp type training and you get that two weeks to to recoup before the race and i just feel like my fitness level would be that much higher and i i agree with you that it it'd be tough to burn yourself out but i think since we have so much time if you do get a little burnt out you have the time to recoup if you needed it you instead of it being like oh well the race is next weekend and i'm burnt like i i don't know what i'm gonna do like i you know it's not like that like and I go day by day now, like if I wake up that day and, and you know, I'm like, I don't feel good. Like, I don't feel hundred percent. I just won't push it that day. You know, I just, I just go by how I feel each day. And, but like you said, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like boot camp, I guess. And, um, but it's fun though. Like, you know, and you enjoy it. It's not boot camp. you know, it's, that's why I've been bettering myself. Like I did five miles earlier this week. And then today I did it a little bit quicker, you know, just to better myself and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, back off tomorrow, just, you know, just keep it, keep it fresh, but I'm still pushing. I'm still pushing to try to gain, gain fitness and, and everything. So, yeah. So we'll get into this a little bit in a little bit here, but you're a guy that has been through a number of things with your body that I feel like you're one of the guys that's pretty in tune with, with kind of how you feel, what your body needs and all that stuff. So um, I guess I probably worry less about you kind of burning yourself out in this time than other guys. Right. Cause like I said, you've, especially from last year, I mean, that's what I, I mean. I, I learned huge last year of, of what, what it could do if I came home stressed and not having fun and training hard. I knew, I knew the outcome last year and it was not anywhere I need to be ever again, you know, mentally or physically. And, and um, yeah, I, I won't ever go back there because it's, I'm racing. Like I, I don't know. I think David came in and gave me this chance. David Eller gave me this chance to race for this team. And it kind of took that away, kind of took that stress that, that I don't know, that it wasn't fun because I had to work, I had a race, I had a train, I had a ride that made it, you know, not so fun. So for him coming in and, and picking me up, I think that that helped me a lot with the stress part and allowed me to have to bring the fun back into it. So that brought my stress level down. So now it's just all fun. Like I, there's not a day that I wake up and I'm like, oh, man, I got to work. I got to ride. I got to train. It's like, no, nah. it's like, all right, let's get this done. So, and like, like you said last year, I, I was, I dealt with that. And like when I felt down, I just kept going. And I, I know now that I can't do that. So um, yeah, like you said, it'd be in tune with my body. It was, you know, I've never been the most, I guess, fit, but there's been repercussions from past injuries that I think have, have made me suffer in that. So I, I, I agree with you with knowing what my body needs because of the past few years of learning and, and stuff like that. But man, I think it was big mental. I think it was big mental. I wasn't having fun is what a big deal was about it. And that he brought that back. So I think we're going to be good, man. No, it's a great opportunity for you, obviously. Um, you know, I think like, yeah, you know, we talked about um, even going back to last year, we talked at the end of the season kind of, uh, that, you know, and you could tell maybe as an outsider, but you just weren't having that same kind of fun anymore. And, uh, you know, you could tell it just like, it can be a grind obviously. Um, but anything in life, when you're enjoying it, when you're having fun, um, that's when you're going to be, you know, kind of the most successful. I think I've preached that a number of times on, on this, uh, podcast. Cause I know, um, you know, kind of that I've been through that myself, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, great to hear, 
that you're having fun. And, and let's talk about that opportunity a little bit because, you know, you're on a new team this season um, on the Phoenix Racing Honda team. So tell me about that. How's, been, how's that been? I mean, obviously we know it's only been one race so far, but uh, how's it been being under the new tent? Oh, excuse me. Um, it's, it's an amazing team, man. David's done a really good job. Um, if, if you ever look up anything, I mean, there's never been a team, I don't think, in, of all teams that have GNCC, motor, no, bike, and ATV, GNCC, and then motocross, dirt bike, supercross, dirt bike, and then ATV motocross as well. I mean, David's really, man, that guy's unreal to put something together like that to be able to have that kind of team and that kind of stature is amazing and that's the first to do that you know and to him incorporate us with that and the dirt bike guys are cool and kyle peters you know jace owen me and jace talk all the time those guys are cool man they respect what we do because we train a club with them and they yep. see what we do and they see what it takes like I, I did a workout with kyle one day at the shop when i was there and you know it's just uh it's a good environment and everybody there is in good spirits, like all times, you know, the, the dirt bike riders, like we're, we always joke around and, and just, you know, joking, just shooting, shooting the, the crap. And, um, like we had a photo shoot one day and the dirt bike guys were there. We were all just joking, man, having a good old time. So it's just, uh, to be surrounded by, you know, people like that, it's, it's tremendous. It's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. The having a good team atmosphere like that is obviously key. Um, so talk about, you know, the way it's worked out for that team, obviously, and having the bike guys and ATV guys and all this different stuff that couldn't have worked out any better with you guys being at club because you could kind of all be in the same spot, you know, you're yep. riding different tracks and stuff, but you can coexist. That had to be pretty cool. Like the videos and stuff, seeing you guys. And then even on like your, on your Instagram story, kind of taking videos of the bike guys and stuff like that was a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. I feel like the dirt bike to ATV relationship is almost like better than ever. And that team might have something to do with it for sure. I agree. I agree a hundred percent because I think that everybody doesn't see like, like our pro stature a lot. They don't see what we do and how much it takes and how fast we really are. And like, um, even a couple of guys, there, some fast dirt bike kids. Um, they're just like, they're mind blown. Like, how do you go that fast on a four wheeler? I'm like, I don't know. How do you go that fast on a dirt bike? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, right. but it's really cool. We, I mean, they would take videos of us and we'd throw a freaking sick whips and they'd be like, dude, I don't understand. Like it was, uh, but it was really cool. And, you know, talking with Jace and met Josh Hill there. Josh Hill was another dude. That's really cool. I mean, okay. really cool. He was mentioning Dana Creech, like, you know, Dana, I'm like, yeah, I know Dana. He's like, man, I love his property area 52. And, uh, you know, I was talking about how I always wanted to go out there with, uh, at Dana's property and just, just really cool people, man. Just they, like, those top guys, I think, understand what it takes to be at the top, so they respect us as well. I feel like it's the lower level guys that that don't really know what we're about and what it takes. And, and yeah. uh, I think that's now that we stayed at club with a lot of amateur guys. I think they're kind of spreading the word that that you know we're we're bad dudes. I mean, oh yeah, they were posting stuff, Phoenix posting stuff, clubs posting stuff. So that's it's really cool and and to have that side, you know, the dirt bike side to you know have some more respect for us. 
absolutely and, and stuff like that so. you, you know i've always kind of said that too is i think that top level athletes top level level competitors um doesn't matter what it is you kind of respect other guys at the top because you know what it takes to be at that level so I, i've always kind of said the exact same thing top level bike guys that's where we get kind of the most respect it's Agreed. it's kind of yep. below that where people are like oh you know, quads and, and some people, maybe necessarily you can't blame them uh, because they've never seen, you know, guys at your level, guys like even at my level, they haven't seen anybody yep. at that level, you know, firsthand. And then as soon as they see it, that's what you're talking about that, uh, yeah, that they sure. can't, they can't believe it. So, um, yeah. so we talked, so we talked uh, last season, um, you know, and you said that at the end of the year, there was possibly some things in the works was this the ride you were talking about at that time? Like, did you yes, have? It was. Yes, was it, it was. Um, okay. David actually approached me at Redbud, which at that time I just went to Unadilla and I lost a podium straight up to Brandon Hogue. I mean, yep. why would you come to me? You know, necessarily. I mean, to me, that's what I looked at. Well, to me, I feel like he sees something in me that I didn't at the time. And, um, you know, at Redbud, he walked up. He's like, hey, what are you doing next year? like you know david like as of right now i have no clue and i might not be back i didn't tell him that but that was my mind my mindset like i wasn't going to come back probably yep. and uh, i didn't tell him that because i'm not a person to be like oh well i'm not coming back but i don't get sponsored no i'm right. just not gonna i'm not gonna beg and and you know oh please help me i just won't do it i'm not that guy so right. um you know we were talking and uh, here and there and it seemed like it was gonna happen and and um uh, then I got a call, man. I was sitting on the skid steer one day and I got a call and I was like, all right, man, let's do it. And like, I'm no joke. I cried like a little girl. Like <laughs> I did. I cried. Awesome. Skid steer, I, you know, I cried. I was like, man, I have one more shot. You know, I still have one more shot and uh, I'm making the most of it. So that was the ride I was talking about. And I couldn't be more, more fortunate for David to come and, and, and pick me up. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I could be not at, in the races at all. I could be, you know, not racing. So uh, I'm just really, really, really grateful for that guy to see something in me that I think he knew he could change me in the way of helping me and support with, with all the sponsors that he has that he knew it would make it fun again and make me better. Yep. And he knew that from the beginning and he was exactly right. It so, gave me the support and allowed me to have fun with it again. Yeah, that's that's obviously so key. Um, that I can't. The, that was the main deal. I mean, that was the, yeah. that was that was the game changer. It was either yay or nay. Like I was I, either there or I wasn't. You know, I can't think of a guy that's more deserving. You know, you just, it seems like you've been through the rigors, you know, the last handful of years. So, did, but you rode, you rode for David in the past, right? Like back to the Can-Am days, you rode for him? Yes, I did. Yep. I yep. rode in 2014. Well, 2013, 2014, and 2015, I rode for David. Okay. And then, um, like, it was just a mutual parting. Like, it wasn't, you know, anything bad or anything. Oh, no, just, right. He went, He went. I think, I, I'm not sure where, if he sponsored Joel the next year or what. I'm not sure, but 20, 2016, yeah, it was. it was. I think he picked up Joel and started the team in 16. Okay. I, I believe. I think and, I think um, you're right, yep. So, I, did, I was out without a ride, so me, JB, and my dad, um, you know, got, got a, a JV Baldwin Honda together and we went racing and, um, yeah, that year it started out great. Finished in second at Daytona. That was like 
epic coming off brand new bike and yeah. I actually rode the best I've ever rode. I mean, imagine a lot of people remember that race, um, making yep. the pass on the tally, jumping in the whoops and, and stuff like that. And then uh, I dealt with some health issues that middle of that year that probably nobody knows. Like I just, I had stomach problems real bad from what I was eating and I didn't know that I shouldn't be eating it and I was eating it all the time and um, okay. I'm gluten intolerant. So I, I was eating bread all the time and I didn't know, like everybody eats bread. Right. So, yeah. I was really messing my stomach up and I was having to take like anti-acids because I had heartburn real bad. And of course like you could buy them at Walgreens. Of course you don't think they're poisonous or bad for you or, right. but it ruined my stomach. And, and I noticed I like saw this article or something. I think actually my parents did that. It was like poison to your stomach. So we tried to get me off of it and man, I was throwing up on the track. Like I remember point, that. I, I threw up both motos. Like I was in bad shape and Dr. Trent, um Hagen Chad's doctor yep he came and saw me at the end of that race and I was like man how you doing I'm like I told him the whole deal what we were doing got to get off the anti-acids and and everything's like you need to come up and see me and we're getting on a protocol protocol I'm gonna change your diet and we get you healthy and that we did and that year I finished the best I ever have you know I got I got my health on track and then um you know come 2017 it was it was I was coming off a third in the championship after well, two or three races that I was unhealthy and not doing like I should. And I still finished third because I was yep. so strong at the end of the year. And Joel and Chad knew that I was a force to be reckoned with then, even though I didn't win any races and still haven't. I was there every week, every weekend battling those two, like a day in and day out. I yeah. got second, I got second a couple of times. I got third, I never won, but they knew I was going to be there. So going into 17, you know, I was, I was gung ho and I had a really good year going and had a, really really bad concussion that year um in the middle of the season and it was so bad if you ask me i shouldn't have rode at least for six months then i rode the next race three weeks later i should have not been on a machine it was stupid of me honestly but i couldn't sit there and watch these guys race when how like mentally i felt fine like i felt physically fine i wasn't but you know to me i was i can race if I would right. hit my head there, if I would have hit my head again in that probably two month time frame, I would have been in really, really bad shape. And Gosh. I just shouldn't have done it. I, I shouldn't have raced. That's and a that's a that's a crash that you had at home, right? Yes, I had it at home. Um a ground wire actually broke on the face of a jump and I went over the bars and the bike smashed smashed my head into the next jump face and um fractured my skull. Um, my face was really swollen. I, I couldn't open my jaw hardly. My eyelids still messed up. I still have a half, like half open eye. Um, you know, and, and I, I came back and what was crazy was the next race at Ironman after that concussion. I no joke still to this day say it was the easiest podium I've ever ridden in my entire life. I don't know why, but it was just, everything was so easy. I just went out there and rode and I finished third. No problem. It was just so <laughs> weird. I, I told Thomas this, and he, he might not recollect it. I told him, like, man, like, I'm not trying to bash you or nothing, but for some reason, that was the easiest race I've ever ridden. And I just came off a massive injury. injury. And then as it progressed, as I went on, I got worse and worse. And at that off season, I wasn't feeling good. Came back 2018. I uh, found out my testosterone levels were low. This was wrong. This was wrong. So I was trying to get on testosterone therapy to help me because I was struggling so bad and come to find out came from a head injury. 
So all 2018, I was, they said I had testosterone level 85 year old man. The guy said, how are you even really functioning properly? So I don't, I don't know, man. This is, I have no idea this was wrong. Right. So all 2018, I struggled with that. And, you know, I, I got on testosterone therapy, but it gave me such bad arm pump that I couldn't even ride. I'd ride three laps and I couldn't hang on. So I'm like, I'm, I'm between, you know, the, like, what do I do now? What do I do? I have to have testosterone to make me go longer, but I can't yep. even ride now because it's giving me arm pump. So I got off of it. So I went back to getting fatigued really bad, finished out the season. Well, and I broke, actually, I lied. I'm sorry. I didn't finish out the season. I broke my back after high point where I almost won. Yeah. Right. Back and went and raced the next race two weeks later. And then struggled the rest of the year. Yep. I couldn't ride. I couldn't train. So it's just like, and then last year you get an Epstein bar. It just, it seemed like I was always fighting something that I shouldn't have been fighting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we haven't, so I didn't even know, you know, I knew the stuff you dealt with. I didn't know how serious it was obviously, or how long it lingered. And, you know, that you were dealing with all this stuff, just back to back to back to back. But yeah, I mean, that high point race where you just about won and even like last year, um, right, you finished second at Daytona to start the year, but there's only, there's only very few handful of races then. I mean, you're talking about literally the last three, four or five years where you've been at 100% because a lot of these seasons, it's like, you're dealing with something that's literally just getting worse as the season goes on. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. That's where I always wondered, like I'm, I, I always wondered, I'm like, man, I am training. I'm riding. What am I doing wrong all my life? I just felt like I was always doing something wrong. I never knew. And I think it was just really that concussion really messed me up. I feel like I still have repercussions from it now. Yep. And if, if, Anybody knows how serious concussions are. They're bad. And that one was almost deadly to me. Like, I could have – I mean, I was close to dying. It was so bad. Right. Like, I was in the hospital for a week. Like, I was messed up. I was really not good. And here I am racing three weeks later. It was just honestly idiotic on my side. Like, I should have not done it. I, and yeah. nowadays, I won't because now I know what the repercussions of something like that would do. And then I didn't even mention this at Loretta's in 2017. I was battling for third in the championship with Thomas. Yep. Came down, it came down to Loretta's and I had to beat him. And I was in front of him first lap. I hit a kicker in the sand section and I went over the handlebars and smacked my head again and didn't race the two and didn't race the next moto and lost third right there I because remember. I smacked my head again it, uh, two months after I had a massive concussion. Just, Stuff that I shouldn't even erase the rest of the year and just stuff like that hit it again. And then later that 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 New Year's, I was riding at my track and hit my head again. So it was like three really bad one and then two more concussions back to almost back to back. Yep. And one two months later and the other one three months after that. So that was just really tough time. And you know, then breaking my back after being at such a high, almost beating Chad for my first time, made a small error in the corner, stalled it. And you know, I was going to train with Joel the the week after, you know, high point in 2018 where I almost won and just caught a rut and broke my back. It was just Gosh. like, really, man? Like, I can't catch a break here. Right. And it was a small wreck. Like, 
normally I'd get back up and laugh about it. I landed just perfectly on a like a like a small mound of hard packed dirt. It was just more raised than the rest of the dirt, and it hit me right in the right spot, and I landed directly on my back and plop, and it's oh broken. Oh my gosh! So it was just like my whole career, and everybody always asked me, you know, what's wrong? Like, <laughs> what's wrong? Like, what's going on? Why aren't you in shape, man? I don't know. Like. I literally don't have an answer. Like I right. work hard. If anybody ever says that I don't, they don't know me. They don't right. know me at all. If anybody says that I'm not training, they don't know me because I work my butt off. But it was just, it was health. And now, like last year, I know I suffered from Epstein-Barr, but I didn't get any concussions. I didn't hit my head at all. I didn't, you know, this winter, knock on wood. I didn't this winter. I had a really good winter, not, you know, minimal crashes and stayed healthy. And, and like I said, mentally in a good spot. So it was just like, for once in my life, I feel like I'm actually ready more than I've ever been mentally and physically and you know, health-wise, not being injured, to come and race. And here we are with uh, with this postponed the season. So yeah, well, I think I think that uh, the the thing I don't know. I I just want people to take this the right way. You know, it's just people don't understand all the stuff that you've went through, like piling on top of each other, butted right up to against each other, you know, year after year after year. Um, I think that people are going to have a different feeling for you following you kind of talking about all the stuff you've gone through because you haven't been able to kind of let everybody see what you're truly yeah. capable of, you know, exactly. like I'm not going to go, make an announcement every year like hey this is why i did this exactly why i didn't do well to me i'm just not good enough like i'm not it's me it's not the fact that i got injured or or whatever like i look at it like like i'm i'm struggling i'm not training hard enough i always thought you know i'm always i was always struggling with something but it it really wasn't it was you know more the fact of not being 100 percent healthy and having something happen where i end up getting hurt again you know it's like right it was just a really tough four years because I know my speed, like even in 16, like I qualified first at Muddy Creek and I qualified first in, in 2015 at Daytona on a Can-Am. Like I know my speeds there. It's just, I need to put all the pieces together and I feel like I finally have. And you know, some people, some people peak at, at 18, I feel like, and some people peak at 30. Like, I don't exactly. think I peak yet. I really don't think I'm at my best. I don't. Like, I, well, I am. I'm saying, like, I haven't been. Yep. I feel like now the experience, you know, like knowing heart rates when you train, if if my heart rate's not where it needs to be, I need to not do that because I'm going to run myself in the ground. Just, just different things, man. There's a million different things that, you know, that I've learned and, and you know, put forth in, in my training and in writing and everyday life that, uh, you know, that I had it in, in the past. I had, I didn't do in the past and, and things like that. So just, you know, and me learning on the bike and, and being fit and being able to learn on the bike. It's another thing. It's just, there's so many things, like you said, compiling on top of each other that it was compiling, you know, negatively before. And I feel like now it's, yeah, I'm climbing the ladder again, but it's positive. Absolutely. So well, I, back at the top. all yeah. I need, all I need, all I need to finish off and finish off the puzzle is a W, you yeah, know, there like, you go. That's that's all I need, and and I think it's very 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 possible for me in the future. You know, when when everything clears over, and and like you're saying, you know, everybody stay healthy, and we can get back to racing soon. Absolutely, you know, I think that uh, there's no arguing that you 
haven't been at your best and that you still haven't peaked because of all the stuff that you've went through. So after all the stuff you've went through, you've learned something from each thing that you, each hurdle you had to kind of jump over. Right. So, um, as you figured out more and more and more stuff, you just kind of put that knowledge in, you know, kind of all of that uh, experience in your bag of tricks and, and you're going to end up being better for it. You know, I've always kind of a person on a personal level, I've always thought, you know, you got to kind of endure the crappy times to appreciate the good ones. And Agreed. Hey, this, this virus might just have everything on pause for a little bit longer, but uh, in the long run, I think it's going to all pay off. I mean, the real Jeffrey Rastrelli is going to show himself. So newsflash, you heard it here first. Don't count out Jeffrey Rastrelli when the season starts back up because uh, That's right. <laughs> he's, he's telling you that uh, he's going to be at, uh, you know, at a, at a, at the truest level that he can show because the last handful of years he hasn't been, you know, after all the, after all the stuff you went through. So before I let you go, let's talk about Daytona a little bit. Um, you know, obviously you had already said, you know, you haven't been able to kind of showcase, you know, how your level of riding, I guess. So the Daytona just seemed to be kind of the same way. It was like you had, kind of hurdles there even too. So um, just tell people how Daytona went for you and uh, kind of, I mean, obviously it didn't start out the way you wanted to, but tell us what, what happened there. Well, you know, we just, um, we started out the day. All right. Um, I think we were just kind of, kind of working on bike tuning and stuff like that, like motor wise. And, and, you know, we got it figured out for the main we thought. And then we had the small mishap, like in the heat race, we were having a mechanical of some sort. We didn't know what, but we just wanted to change, change, you know, change the engines out just to be safe. And, and uh, I think it was just a, a little error, um, you know, that, that was made that allowed that motor to come apart in the first lap of the main. And, you know, it is what it is though. You know, I, the team worked their butts off all day for me. Um, like it was crazy. I'm never a person to change anything or, well, I go to the race and it's like, if it's, okay like i'll ride it but there man i was changing gearing every time i came out the track i changed suspension every time i came off the track it was just something i was trying to find and i didn't find there but we will have that figured out the next round because we none of us were you know so happy about it obviously because even you know david you know he he wants to, he hired me to go win too i mean i'm there to win and he's there to win he wants to win so Right. Um, you know, it stuff happens, you know, I mean, look what happened with Joel last year, you know, it's sometimes it's out of your hands, you know, and sometimes it's out of anybody's hands. So I don't really even know what happened with, with the bike, you know, I don't know whose fault it was and I don't, don't care, you know, people make mistakes. And I told them that after, after the main event, you know, the old me, I would have came back and I'd have been freaking ranting and raving and throwing stuff. And, and then I pushed my bike back to the hauler. I put my shoes on and my, in my, my, uh, gym gym shorts and I went for a three mile run while those boys were still racing like I was mad but I went and blew off my steam I came back I thanked them very much for working their butts off for me because they worked hard really really hard all day and I said listen we'll get them next time everybody you know say oh we're sorry we're sorry I said hey man don't worry about it I said I'm I'm in a good place we're gonna be in a good place in the next round let's just just move on that's all I said and you know me in the past I would have dwelled on it and I would have been very frustrated for for probably a month about it until the next race but i brushed it off right then and and just uh you gotta look forward like i said my mental my mental state now isn't is so much better 
that I know that everything was everything was going to be all right when I showed up to the next race yep. because I was going to go in. I put my work in. I'm ready. I feel good. You know, I, I knew mentally that I was ready and stuff happens. You know, it, it stuff happens and that's that. So I just moved on and I was ready to go for the next one. You know, it's just that was it. I mean, just uh, stuff happens, man. That's yeah, all. I, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, just wasn't a fair representation of where you're where you're at and what we should expect going forward. You know, I mean, I know that uh, like you kind of touched on there, your goal is obviously you think you should be a podium guy every weekend. And I think that you have the the win is on the radar and uh, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be. Um, like I said earlier, it's just going to be that much more grateful when we get to go racing and you get to showcase what you're, what you're capable of because nobody has bigger expectations, um, you know, than, than yourself. I know, I know that that's for sure the truth, especially after listening to you. So, uh, you know, obviously just looking forward to, man, looking forward to getting back out there, getting back like the world, right. And being able to go racing again, because, uh, we know that you got a, a lot of uh, good things to, to kind of showcase. Yeah, for sure. I'm just really looking forward to it, man. Um, like we talked about, just everything's going so well for me, and I'm happy. I got married in January as well, um, which is really made me a very happy person. Me and my wife are, are having a great time, and, man, we're so happy, and everything's working well. And just, uh, you know, they, they say happy wife, happy life, and, and it's true, so. Um, just that between that and the team and just uh, life in general being really good to me and and uh, yeah man just just looking forward like you said getting back and, and showcasing what I got because I know by my riding before before Daytona and, and training with Joel that I'm there and um, you know there's nothing I, I, that's why I feel like I wasn't worried like when I left Daytona maybe that's why I maybe feel like in the back of my head that I know that I'm ready so maybe in the past if I knew I wasn't and I couldn't pull myself out of a points deficit that I would be upset, but I feel in my mind that I can pull myself out of that points deficit for sure. And, and we're just going to do it. I mean, that's just the plan. I mean, we're just going to go, we're going to go race by race and we're going to click these bad boys off. And, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to shrink that, that deficit, you know, if, if we go back racing, which we should, but um, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I plan on shrinking that and, and putting that Phoenix racing Honda you know, up on the podium each and every round. And, and giving them the exposure, you know, they deserve as well as me. And just, man, just, uh, yeah, just looking forward to it for sure. And uh, I'm really happy you had me on this podcast, Cody. And I've been really, you know, looking to, to talk about my racing career and, and stuff like that from from the past to the present, especially, show, you know, like showing people that, that you know, I didn't want to tell people that this is why I'm struggling, but that's why I was struggling in past years. And everything might look good on, on the outside, but we're not always healthy. Like everybody thinks we are, which is it's, and that's another really tough point of this, this ATV motocross, you know, series in the pro classes and stay that long. And it, another thing with this break is to stay healthy for that much longer and train that much longer. But, uh, you know, we're staying good and we're gonna, we're gonna make the most of this time. And, and uh, yeah, we're going to do good and, and do what we need to do. Well, that's, that's one thing that you don't always think about even us as kind of fans of other professional sports is just like a normal person gets up on the wrong side of the bed and doesn't just has an off day. Like that can happen for 
for you guys, for, or for professionals in ATV motocross and professionals in all other sports too. So um, you got to remember that there's a human element there. And I don't think that the fan always kind of sees it that way. Now, just kind of like you said, you're not, I mean, you have only been a fraction of yourself for however long after problem, after problem, after problem, after hurdle, after hurdle, after hurdle. And I just can't wait till we can go racing so you can show people what you're capable of. Because I was going to say this before Jeffrey, but I think a lot of the reason why people say what's wrong, that's because a lot of us, so many of us know what you're capable of at your core we know like that you winning races and being the fastest guy on the racetrack is inside of you. It's just, uh, now it was, it was great for you to be able to tell people like, Hey, I've been being held back a little bit, but we're ready to rock and roll now. Yeah, for sure. And and you said that very well. It's, it's definitely, definitely, uh, the truest of true things that you just said that, uh, you know, I, I have showcased what I'm, what I'm capable of a few times. And that's why people are asking me what's wrong. Because like, like David, for instance, knows that I have it in me. I mean, if I if he didn't think that I didn't have it in me, he wouldn't have hired me on that very prestigious team. So, right. um, you know, to be teammates with Joel and to have another 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 uh, freaking Honda up there in the podium that's what that's what we want. We want a freaking Honda, another Honda up there. You know, so absolutely, um, yeah. He sees he sees it, and I, I I know I'm capable of it. Like you, I I, I we talked about it. And you know and just uh i think a lot of people do and we're gonna show it you know we're gonna show it and we're gonna have fun doing it and that's that's where it's dangerous and that we talked about that before is where if i have fun man it's bad news because i'm i'm just like i don't know when i have fun and everything gels i'm wheel tap and you know wheel tap this wheel tap that freaking do it jumping this like it's just it's a lot of fun to me when i'm able to have like when i'm able to feel good mentally and physically it's a lot of fun and that means i go fast and that's where at Daytona I showed up. I'm like, man, I'm having fun, so watch out. And it didn't show it. But you know what? We will. We will. It's not It's not over yet. You know, it's no. never over until it's over. So um, look at, you know, any past championships, you know, um, Chad can have a mechanical and, and or or Thomas or, or anything. You know, it just – we all had them. You know, we all had them last year. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter, I think, us pushing these machines to the absolute limit every year we better ourselves, each of us. Yep. So I feel like that is putting even more wear and tear or more more stress on the on the machine where, you know, something might happen that never happened before. So um yeah, it's just it's it's not over till it's over and we're here for the long haul and uh that Phoenix Racing Honda number 28 will be up there for sure. So look out for him. You know what? It didn't hit me until just now when you were saying that, but you know, I was thinking of it as like you had had some stuff happen at Daytona that wasn't ideal. So you didn't get to showcase, you know, kind of where you were at and stuff. And obviously you wanted to get right back out there to show that, Hey, this is the real me. But the other way of looking at it is with this break, like you can kind of just flush that down the drain. You know, it's kind of like starting from scratch. Don't pay attention to like where you're at with points or whatever. Like when we go racing, that's kind of the start of the season for you, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that it's it'll be like it'll be like that's in the past you know even though i'm probably going to be a few points down but uh you know it's it's nothing that can't be made up that it hasn't been before you know it, it's just got to go out there and i got to click off good finishes in each and every moto and um, i'm mentally mentally more like mental is physical 
I feel like. Like, if you're mentally strong, your physical's good, too. And I feel like yep. I found that, that I wasn't ever I, – I haven't been mentally strong, you know, and I feel like I, that's why I found, and that's what's made me physically get better. So that's that's something I, sh- I was searching for for years, you know, injuries and well, like we talked about, but uh, I found it. So that's where – that's where I know that I'm in a good spot and that I can do well is by, by just being happy and, and uh, not on edge. Like I always, you know, you know how, you know how I've always been been on edge. I'm always riled up yep. um, like my father. <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. What's funny is this man, the past four months is I'm not like that no more. I'm calm, cool, collected, like, like, man, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yep. And like with bike stuff, man, I used to get so mad with my bike braking when I get to a practice track. And now I'm like, Hey man, I wasn't meant to ride today. So I go yeah. home and I fix it and I come back the next one. I used to stress myself out about that stuff. Like, Oh my God, I have to ride. And I don't do that anymore. I'm like, man, I'm ready. Like, just don't even stress about it. Just you're, you're ready. You're just here to, to keep up on it, you know? So yeah. just things like that, that little stuff that, that, you know, everybody deals with their mental, like their mental things that I feel like they try to hurdle over. Like I was with just that little stuff, like bikes breaking and you know stuff not going my way. I get so frustrated and I got to push that stuff aside and I just can't relax, you know, and that's where my life has became more fun because I'm not so stressed out about something I shouldn't be stressed out about. Right. Just, yeah. You know, it's just kind of, for me, that's just, I don't know. I feel like that's how I was, a, I was raised, you know, like, I don't know. I just, that's my reaction. If something bad happens, I just cop an attitude and I get all mad. But now, man, I don't. Even my mom's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you happy? She's like, can you give me whatever you're taking? I'm like, <laughs> and it's just, I'm just happy with life, you know? And it's funny that she even, she notices it, you know, I'm always riled up. Now I'm not. And she's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. So it's, it's, it's just, awesome. Yeah, all life and life in general is and I'm in a good spot. And that's the main, that's the main thing that I know that I'm going to go and do well because life is good. When you have other things going on and we've, you know, we talked about this on past episodes and stuff, but when you have things going on in your life, good things, and you're, you know, you're married now and all these things, you got this good team and kind of a, a, you know, just one, you know, another chance to kind of go showcase yourself. Um, When the riding isn't what your entire life revolves around, it seems like that's when you can be the most successful. Accompany that with you being at a good spot in life, having fun, being happy. That's just a recipe for success. So like I, I said, 100%. yeah, like I said earlier, you know, don't count Jeffrey Australia out because he's coming. And, uh, you know, again, pal, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know it was a kind of a last minute deal, but, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate, uh, you kind of making the time for us. And like I said, I'm always pulling for you. You know, we've, uh, we spent, you know, time battling each other damn near 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, I've been ever since then, you know, I've been, been, uh, a guy who's always lobbying, always pulling for, um, for you and letting everybody know how I feel. I, I think I'm the one guy who's never, never not pulling for you when I, when we talk about the racing on these podcasts. So no, I appreciate that Cody. Yeah. For everybody listening out there, yeah, Cody Jansen beat me that year that we raced. So just so you guys know, he, he whooped my butt in uh, school. Was it was was it Schoolboy Junior or what was it at the time? The three hundred. It was class? called Production Lights. Yeah, Production Lights. That's why it was. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool, cool name. name. It was a cool yeah, name. it makes you sound like you're like a bad. Which. 
back in, that was like the 250 mod deal. It was. Like, was it was. That was the beast, man. We went at it that year. But yeah, Cody beat me, everybody. So <laughs> he's, he's he's a bad. He was a bad dude on the 300 DX. No, we had, not saying uh, you're not now. I'm not saying you're not now. But right, you know, no, was, we had that was, was a really was great. That was Good a time, lot. Of, yeah. That was a lot of fun that summer. We were running almost eight class lap times on 300 EXs, and uh, I remember I remember in in particular at the first round in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, that 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 track was sweet, by the way. Yeah, they it was. Right before we got there. Yeah. Um, they that track we ran top five A class lap times on our 300 EXs that that weekend. I remember yep. that in particular. I'm not sure of anywhere else. I remember that weekend we ran top five A. And man everybody would come to the fences to watch me and you and then me and joel and super mini yep. everybody factories not factories and a cool a cool little thing that nobody really knows that now that we're talking about this that i i don't even think you you probably don't know is i almost had a factory suzuki ride on a z400 the next year really yeah like no i never like, I, I never heard that like me like it, we were in the talks it wasn't like there was like a contract or nothing like sure. that. We were talking. Casey Greek was the one working there at the time. Okay. Factory Suzuki. Yep. Which is crazy because that's I met him then. And we were at dinner one night, me and my dad and the factory Suzuki boys, all the all the all the factory Suzuki team. And we okay. were talking and we were talking about trying to get a factory supported C four hundred ride for the next year and then, you know, move up to the four fifties the next year after that on Suzuki. Yep. So that was really freaking cool, man. That was, it never obviously came about, but yeah, it was just, that was the first memory of Casey Greek right there was him, you know, seeing the potential in me then and, and, you know, knowing that in the future that I could possibly be a, a, a top pro that he was trying to help Suzuki out. I felt like, but Hey man, you need to get this kid on a Z400 for next year. Just give him a bike or two. And then, and then you go to 450 the next year. And I, that would have been, that would have been a career changer for me you know, right yep. then to get in the door right away and, and stuff. But, you know, unfortunately, yeah. um, and what was it? 2010. The, so 2008, I, they were talking about it. Oh nine, I rode a 400 and then 2010, they pulled it after the year they pulled their yeah. support. Yep. So, um, it was unfortunate cause I feel like if they would have stayed and the economy wouldn't have crashed at that particular time, yep. like even in 07, 08, I feel like I would have had a ride. Sure. As a amateur, coming through Suzuki. That's why I feel like if the economy didn't dump then, you know, and then everybody was losing money. So that's kind of, that's kind of a cool fact that I don't think I've never told nobody really. Cause like, sure. I don't want to like hype up like, Oh, it was almost Dr. Suzuki. <laughs> no, no but it's cool. It's up, cool. It was just really cool that that was my first experience meeting Casey. And then now we're here 15 years later, you know, yeah. Well, well what? 13 years later, 13 he's, years. Yeah. He's my suspension guy. Yeah, you know, it's just really cool, and we have a really good relationship. Uh, me and Casey, man, we shoot the shit all the time. It's just uh, really cool to date back then. You know, that relationship then started almost with him getting me a factory Suzuki ride. Now we talk on the daily about suspension and that's and awesome. everything. It's just that was real cool. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Just, you know, you bring up Suzuki from back then, and I just remember because like people got to understand that it was pretty much it was pretty much the two man show between you and I that summer. And so like, oh, yeah. I was, you know, I was like watching everything you're doing. Right. And, uh, and I remember, I'm pretty sure you went and like stayed with Chad for a little while. Right. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I'm like, 
I was so mad because Chad is like my hero, right? And now like oh, yeah. my arch enemy of the summer that I'm battling against is staying with like my hero. I'm like, man, I was so bummed. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Cause yeah, like that year, it's so funny because Chad, me and Chad were were like, I felt like he took me under his wing, you know, yeah. when I was that that at that age, like the 07, you know, the year we raced in 08. And then, like, kind of, 09, it kind of didn't go away, but it was, like, less, you know, because he was had more on his plate and stuff. Because yep. he was factory, he had a lot more stuff to go on. But, yep. man, it was really cool to go, because he was my idol, of course, too. But he took me under his wing and was like, hey, man, like, we're going to my house and we're going to train and ride. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And it was it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I rode at his track, man, on my, on my, uh, my 08 stock it was stock with some bp shocks on his track and wow that place was <laughs> insane i was 14 i just got on a 450 and i'm looking around and i'm like what i have to jump this stuff like and he's uh, oh you know like i'm like no 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 so i'm watching him and i'm i do one jump at a time you know and i watch him do the next one i do the next one and then my head pipe breaks and I was like, oh, thank Lord. <laughs> like, oh, thank you, gosh. Like, I do not want to ride this place. I'm 14. This is way too high caliber for me. Yeah. So it was just a, a funny story. But I remember another thing with Chad that's a funny story is before before he even got hired, I think it was in – I think it was uh, – maybe it was before 07. It might have been 06. But 07 at Daniel Boone, I had a Z50. I have the Z50 in a 93 okay. Honda Z50. Yeah. I was putting handlebars on it. And he came over and he spent an hour, hour and a half with me, like, you know, putting handlebars on my Z50 and laughing and shooting the shit. It's just real cool, you know. And now here I am 13 years later and he's my yeah. main one of my main com competitors, which is just uh, – it's really awesome to, to go through all these years, me and you racing, and to see, you know, now where we're at and being friends with these guys and, and being competitors and, and going day in and day out. Like, man, I used to look up to this guy and now, like – man, I, I don't like you as much anymore because I got to race you, but I want right. to beat you like so bad. But I, I like you because you helped me out in my younger career, but I want to beat you so bad. Like, it's, just, it's a, it's a, a funny relationship to, you know, to think when you think about it and it's really cool. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, we had some awesome battles that summer. It was like, I mean, it, we, we actually, I, what I think what I won four out of eight. And I think you won the other four. I did. I think yep. we split it down the middle, and the I had a couple bad races, and you got me. But I think yeah. we split it right down the middle with four and four, because I don't think Jason ever won one that year. He never no. won one that year. No, we won them only all. we did. Yeah, yeah we, we won, won them all. Won you so had one. Was, you had one bad race, particularly I think at Taylorville, Illinois. Something happened, and yep. that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back because you just. It's, I think the points kind of stayed the same after that kind of mid-season yeah. race or whatever. But you're back and forth, moto for moto. I mean, yeah. most of the time it was, you know, moto for moto. You'd win one and I'd win the next. It was kind yeah. of crazy. And what people um, don't know, I, we don't got to go into this any farther, but what people don't know is before the last race of the year, I was riding my pit bike race at, or my pit bike at home, and I tore my ACL, MCL, and meniscus and chipped the bottom of my femur off. And I Ooh. had to race the last race with that. And I Field think, and I, yeah. And I got the whole shot on you and think must've been the second moto. And I like literally like 
pulled over. I'm like, you can take it. Like <laughs> I'm not messed. Cause like if I didn't land jumps just perfect and stuff, like it would oh, give yeah. my legs such a stinger. Cause there was nothing between my, my kind of my upper leg and my lower leg. Yeah, that, I never uh, knew that. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. we didn't try to tell yeah. nobody, but oh yeah, um, I hear you. Kind of like what that, we were just talking about, you know, like yeah. you're not gonna be like, oh, well, I was hurt, and I, you know, like no, yeah. no, it's just that, that's part of it. It's part that, of you it. know, th- that it's fun to talk about that because that was probably my most memorable summer ever racing. You know, like even you prior to that had raced little bikes you know you had race 90s and stuff on the yep. national scene i really had never done that other than a couple races on a blaster and uh it was cool because like when i was younger even guys in like amateur classes but if they were like known guys i mean i looked at them like pros so even though yeah. like you and i were basically the same age or whatever but i looked at you as like oh my gosh jeffrey Rastrelli. You know, I was racing with this guy and whooping my butt. What do you mean? I was racing and whooping up on. And then we were. I remember even the years after that. You know, I you were racing the whole series, and back then I wasn't. You know, for a handful of years. And I remember like when I moved up to Pro Am Unlimited, and you were racing Pro Am Unlimited. So I was like, you know, I gotta now. I like I'm always like checking where you are and then where I am. And I remember distinctly. I don't even know what year it would have been. Probably like oh eight, oh nine. And we were in the same qualifier at Redbud. And I think we finished like back to back. I don't even know who beat each other. We were like third and fourth or fourth and fifth in yeah. our qualifier. And it, had it was to just. Be, had to be end of 09 because I moved that's to what a Z, it was. I, I rode Z400 for the first half a year. And yeah. then I went to a 450 halfway through. So it was okay. uh, 09 was my rookie, was my rookie season on the 450. Okay. Yep. Well, it's like half a year. So yeah, yeah I can imagine that. It was yeah. crazy, as a lot of people don't know, too, that I didn't qualify for my first two Pro-Am races. Oh, really? No, I didn't qualify. I was close, like Steel City. I raced it, and I actually passed for the lead in, in, a, in, a heat, in the heat race, the qualifier. Okay. And this freaking track worker, you know how hard Steel City was? Places, oh, yeah. It was, it was concrete. Yeah. He, so that year, so you come down from, like, the back. You come, you come, like, you do the doubles around the backside, and you drop down the hill, and they had, like, these – I don't know, double section and a big tabletop. And you did a U-turn. You came back across the front stretch. Okay. That U-turn was freaking wicked slippery already. And the water guy is watering it. We Like, when I come around, the first one, I did a freaking 360, man. Went back to ninth, didn't qualify. Oh I was my beating gosh. my first one. So, man, it's just, you know, these memories is all coming back. It's really cool. And, yeah, uh, yeah we've raced each other for years, man. And, unfortunately, you know, you're not in the pro class anymore, which we, we you know, we wish you were. And. Oh, you just more people in there, but uh, yeah, some good years, and 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 actually, it was funny because I didn't qualify the first two races, and I ended up finishing fourth and fourth. Like I went to pro am production at the end of the year, the last race, and I finished fourth in production, which they said I finished third because Casey Martin's transponder wasn't working. Okay, I, I celebrated podium, everything. My first pro am production race, I got third oh, in oh nine. Gosh, in oh nine, so I'm like losing it. I'm celebrating. They call. I'm, we leave the track. They call us. Like, oh, you didn't get third. You got fourth. Casey Martin got third. We're like, what? Like, that's crazy. I celebrated <laughs> it and everything, and I didn't even get my first podium. Oh my gosh, it was, it was pretty crazy. But like to see the turning point. Like, it, only two races prior to that, I didn't even qualify. And then, you know, I got my feet wet, and then I was like, all right, this is what I need to do. And I went and finished fourth and fourth. So it was the last yeah. race. It was just yeah. really cool to set the tone for the rest of my career. Yeah, I feel That's like awesome. if I didn't do good that race, it might have you could have 
you know, set me off differently, you know? Right, so. right, right. Well, you know, this is, per- this is perfect, Jeffrey, because I already wanted to get you on for a whole podcast kind of about, you know, your career up to this point and stuff. So um, why don't we, why don't we kind of hold off from here and we'll, I mean, whether it's the next couple of weeks during this break or whatever, we'll get you back on. We can kind of talk about your career sure. up to basically what, whatever we didn't talk about here. We'll, uh, we'll, we can finish it up with another one because this is a perfect teaser for it because um, it feels like we're just getting going right now, you know? Like, Absolutely, yeah. Bringing back memories and stuff yeah. like that. I feel like we could go – I feel like we could talk for a while. I mean, yeah. with all the racing I did with all those guys, with Joel even yeah. and yeah. You know, that year in 07, like you beat me and I beat Joel like in the Supermans. Like people right. don't know that. Like I beat Joel that year and I still don't let him live it down. I hope he hears this. Cause I still, I might not be them nowadays, but I'm like, hey, remember back in 2007? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> uh, That's awesome. so, uh, yeah. yeah, man. We'll have to continue for sure. Cause I feel like they like said, we're just getting started. We could talk about like, we could talk all day on racing yeah. memories. Yeah. I feel like that'd be really cool. And man, if, if you ever need a fill in, like if you want to talk about racing or like you do with Hanny or Sean, man, I'm down. I'm always, I'm, I'm a lover. I, I love racing and, and uh, I'm always down to talk racing. Like, like at the podcast where we did at Redbud, like the live show, I feel like I talked more than anybody. I was like, I was just excited to talk racing, man. Right. I love talking racing. So anytime you need me on here, man, if I can make it and I don't have something planned, you, you don't have to hesitate to ask or hesitate or thinking that, I'd, uh, you know, you're bothering me or anything, man. I just love talking it. Like I've had such a good time right now. Um, we've been here for about an hour and 20 minutes and yeah. I, I keep going. Hey, I, I, you know, I, I greatly appreciate it. Obviously your involvement and, uh, and, uh, you know, all the guys, you know, that you can tell the people that truly value kind of the, the podcast side of this and bringing this media to the sport and stuff. But yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, all, all of us just love bench racing, love talking racing. So like I said, let's put a pin in it. And uh, sure. I mean, we can do it. We can do it anytime in the next couple of weeks. We'll get you back on. We can kind of finish up all the stuff we, we didn't talk about. So um between now and then put a bunch of notes down or, or put a bunch of notes in your memory bank. And, uh, we can talk about, we can talk about all that stuff. Cause, uh, like I said, it now it almost feels like we're just getting going. So, uh, I know, I know there's, this, uh, there's one last thing. I was factory Dinley one year. Remember Dinley's? I do. I wrote a few of them. I yeah. was freaking factory at like 12. Really? Like they were giving <laughs> me bikes and all this stuff. And they were junk, but I just thought it popped into my mind just now. And I know I wouldn't remember that next time. Okay. But it was just funny, like 12 years old being like legit factory, like giving me just bikes on bikes. And I would break them in half and it was just real cool. But yeah, man, we'll put a pin in it. We'll get back on here and we'll, uh, we'll talk old memories and racing each other and Jason, like racing Jason Connell and, yep. and all those boys. Like Mark, Mark Maddle, Mark Maddle, yeah, you had a battle that one year yeah. and, like it was good. Like we could, we could do a lot of talking for sure. So yeah, let's, yeah, man, let's... thank you for having me. Thanks so much. And, and thanks to Dallas for, for being back there and behind the scenes and, and doing some, some uh, good work and, and you Cody, of course, and bringing this podcast to the ATVMX world. And it's huge. And um, it needed it. It needed, it needed to be, I feel like it needed, you know, some exposure and some meat, some different media and you guys are doing great. And I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Again, thanks for, thanks for coming on that we'll have you on. We'll talk about your whole career. It's kind of timeline. Can't wait for it. And uh, again, I appreciate you making yourself available for us and uh, the listeners are definitely, definitely going to enjoy this. So again, thank you so much. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and uh, just stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you again soon.
Yes, sir, Cody. You do the same. And uh, thank you. Thank you in Dallas. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you soon, man. Thank you. We'll get right back to the show. But now a quick word from our sponsors. And now please stand up and make some noise for our title sponsor, CST Tires. CST Tires and their Pulse MXR Tire have completely overtaken the ATV market. Used by Thomas Brown to clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, by Nick Janusa as he dominated the Montreal Supercross, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to a 2019 National Championship in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics than the competition. Join the takeover or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Check them out at csttires.com today. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's six championships in the past eight seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing, and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATVMX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including the chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more information, head to YamahaOutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability, as well as longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, or anywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name that is synonymous with ATV racing and synonymous with success. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. After making number plates and decals for riders like Chad Whedon, the company quickly took off. Today, you couldn't imagine ATV Motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker now supports all the top teams at ATV Motocross, as well as GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA world champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics, SSI decals. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Wherever you go, go with DID. We're pumped to bring on new partner, Namira Technologies. Since 2001, Namira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, 
and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are proud to announce our partnership with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while you're doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zone back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you're recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillows are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your avocado green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping, free return pickup, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing that they have a 5-star rating by verified customers, including some of our Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. We are proud to announce our newest show sponsor, Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, this family affair is constantly working on the next innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. That's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com. We are also pleased to announce our partnership with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. We are also supported in part by Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant. The best power sports coolant on the market, Evans prevents overheating and boil over so you never have to worry about harming your engine or having a premature end to your ride due to overheating no matter what the condition. Designed for use in ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, snowmobiles and more, use what the pros use. Upgrade to Evans today. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes. A longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different with an impressive lineup including AMA ATV Pro Class champion Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing Honda teammates. Myself, Cody Jansen, and my 2019 Junior 25 Plus National Championship. Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, Dylan Tremellen, and his 940 racing team. Troy Hill, and more in ATV Motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top step of the podium. 
Available at www.dp-breaks.com. Purchase at your local dealer or even message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders on the planet on DP Brakes. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber and plastic hoods, tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has goodies that'll make you salivate. I trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality, innovative parts to the market. Check them out today. Now back to the show. And now let's jump right into our second guest of the night brought to you by SSI decals and their proven championship level graphics from rocket machining and design. We're stoked to welcome owner DJ Sperling to the podcast. What's going on, pal. Thanks for coming on to talk about you and the company. I appreciate it, Cody. This uh, was an honor and and I was uh, extremely excited to obviously have a long-term friend and someone reach out to me uh, and, and asked me to be on the podcast. Obviously, uh, uh, I was a little bit starstruck and I'm a little bit worked up, which is weird because it's like, uh, obviously we've been friends for, for shoot. I don't know how many years, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you got, you've done a great job with it and I'm uh, honored to be a part of it. Absolutely. No, I appreciate obviously the kind words there. Like you said, you and I go way back to the, to the youth ATV racing days. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, when, when ATV racing is in your blood, um, there's just no keeping you away. Is there? Oh my gosh, no. And I think uh, what's funny is a lot of people don't necessarily know how much it is in my blood or even necessarily that uh, I'm behind uh, a lot of rocket machining and design. So there's, uh, there's still some people out there, but uh, for some reason, uh, I keep at it. I keep at the game and I just absolutely love it. That's for sure. Uh, I'd love to hear it. You know, so obviously you kind of led into there, into it there, but talk about, you know, your background, because just like you said, some people are going to know your name. Um, but they're not necessarily going to be in the know already that you're kind of the man behind the rocket, you know, machining and design program there. So, so talk about that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, kind of going a little bit, you know, to the very beginning, um, I started racing nationals in like 1999, 2000, my first race was out in the Reddas, uh, racing an LT80, uh, back for Jack Moore. Uh, then, uh, you know, 2000, 2001 was about my first season in the nationals, uh, raced the LT80, pulled the, pulled the whole shot at Chikani. Nobody knew who I was, was leading until my bike broke. I mean, like, you know, highlight reel type stuff, you know, and then, uh, 2002 to 2003 actually is, uh, where I saw a lot of the rear end of Jeffrey and Joel for a few years. Uh, so, uh, followed them around for a while. Uh, Jeffrey and Joel moved up to the 90 mod class, I believe in that year. Uh, so then I won the title in the 70 mod class, uh, in 2004 and 2005, um, 2006, uh, I actually, I, I won the 90 mod, uh, championship over Jeffrey. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, one of my highlight reels right there. Right. Now shout out to, uh, then uh, 2007, again, back with Jeffrey and Joel on the Super Minis. That was the first year the CRF-150 came out. Uh, Jeffrey and Joel, I, I, I built a 150. Jeffrey and Joel, I don't know if you remember that. You were on the 300s at that point. I do. Yeah, uh, we, were just, we were just talking about this with Jeffrey. Oh, great times. And uh, Jeffrey and Joel both, both had 105s. And uh, the 105s were so much faster than the, the 150 that year. I mean, it was such a cool new design, but... We just couldn't stick with them and uh, had a couple of shining moments, but pretty much Jeffrey and Joel 
did what they do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, kind of 2008, 2009 was on the 300DX, uh, broke my, broke my wrist in, uh, 2009, actually after the year that Mark Medell, obviously you remember racing against him too. Yep. Yep. Uh, he, he took the title in 2008. Um, then 2010 is kind of where I started my kind of the end of my career. Uh, I raced about half the season and that's, uh, when I kind of pursued, uh, I started pursuing a, a college football career, um, which, uh, obviously went on to play uh, college football. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. I remember all of that so vividly. Cause I remember, um, you know, those years too, on the 300 EX there, where it was like, you know, you were gonna, you were gonna win the championship. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, but but you know i mean they things happen for a reason right and yeah. I, I can't imagine that you know obviously you got a great education playing football you're playing at big yeah. programs so you kind of talked about that so i can't can't bypass that without you talking about the football <laughs> thing a little bit so so talk about that because people are going to wonder yeah yeah so i actually uh had an opportunity uh to play running back at the university of wisconsin uh, with, for the Badgers. Um, I actually, everyone asked like, Oh, did you play with, uh, uh, Monty ball or, or, you know, uh, I was actually after Monty ball. That was the first, uh, I, I played with James White, Melvin Gordon, uh, Derek Watt. Um, you know, obviously a lot of the players that most, I would assume the big name guys, most people would remember. Yep. Uh, I, I held Melvin Gordon's, uh, jacket when he rushed for 408 <laughs> yards against Nebraska. So, you know, <laughs> Uh, but I didn't do much more. So, I mean, it was a great opportunity, you know, uh, it was fun. Um, but you know, throughout that entire thing, I was thinking about ATV racing, man. That's been my life. It was just like every time I wanted to get back and I'd see every season and it was like, man, I wish I had a bike. I wish I had a bike. And, uh, yeah. uh, it was, uh, then I finally got one, you know, shortly after. And that's, yep. uh, you know, what lead us, led us closer to now. That's cool. I think, uh, first of all, you know, you did get some real carries in some yeah. games. So, I mean, you were yeah. legit, like, that's, yeah. you know, you're yeah. legit. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, you're playing D one football, you get to do that whole deal, but yeah, like you said, I mean, when you're bit by the bug of ATV racing, like there's no kind of, there's no substitute for that, nothing like no. that. But, uh, but then, yeah, you find, find your way kind of back into the sport. Um, yeah. so, so now you're, now you're kind of, you were racing again and, and, you know, yeah. you've got your education, all these things. So I guess, um, you can kind of take this where you want to go, but you know, then you can almost <laughs> lead into like, where did the groundwork start to get laid for this company? Yeah. Yours? Yes. I'll, uh, so yeah, I'll kind of like basically in 2016, I, yeah, I connect, started, connect the, connect the yeah, dots yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, 2016, I kind of came back into the racing world. Uh, almost at the end of my uh, college career, um, kind of trying to get back into it. I ended up stepping away from football, you know, third coach, basically, et cetera, et cetera. So 2016, I start to get back into it. 2017, um, I come back and I raced production A, pro sport, uh, where I was really starting to get serious. I, I basically made a statement. I said, you know what, everybody, Jeffrey, Joel, all those guys are pro now like, I feel like I'm missing out, you know? And so I made yeah. a comment to Mark, Mark Baldwin actually. And I don't know if you know this, but I made a comment to him and I said, you know, to some extent, I feel like there's a little bit of unfinished business. Okay. And so that, this kind of like started this whole transpired thing. Like my dad was like, that's awesome. We'd started like the whole thing where we we're like unfinished business. We're coming back, you know, blah, blah. I uh, got, you know, in great shape. I was like, I'm coming back. I'm, I want to turn pro. Like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, so 2017, I come back, come out, uh, 
race pro sport and production a as my first step and i don't know if you know in 2017 who the guys were in that class in pro sport it was stacked uh, yeah here i got a, l- a little list for us here cody okay. ford cody ford brandon hogue alan meyer noah mickelson hayden mickelson brand uh brad riley raced it jaron conkeren david selecki i mean ryan Ferrodi. I mean, yeah. that so most, name. most of those guys are pros now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So great time to come back and make, right. a, make yeah. a statement. Right. Right. Um, so 2017, yeah, it was okay. You know, but I, I tried. So 2018, I, I graduate and, uh, basically, I don't know, six months before I graduate, my dad goes, uh, had an opportunity to actually purchase, uh, uh, a business in the local area. And, okay. uh, at the time, actually I had an opportunity, potentially to go work for Polaris, um, which was interesting. And, and so I kind of started turning down this opportunity because I was going to want to pursue, basically we were going to purchase a, a, a machine shop or an, an engineering design and manufacturing company. Yep. Um, so now I'm, I'm ready to go for that two weeks before closing. And basically, uh, I don't know, a month before I graduate, the sellers backed out. Oh, yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, we were devastated. I mean, I had, like I said, I'd given up jobs, careers, you know, I mean, that's, I was set on going to work there. And so, uh, basically with, you know, everything to lose, you know, my dad and I, I remember the conversation directly and my dad's, uh, like I told him like, dude, why don't we, let's just start our own shop, you know, like, let's just do it. And, uh, I had a probably five minute conversation. We were like all, all in at that point, you know? Okay. Um, so now this is, he goes, what are we going to call it? And I said, rocket. Obviously. And, yeah. Oh yeah. Red rocket racing. I mean that you remember from the very beginning. I sure do. Yep. So, uh, that's what, where rocket starts. And, um, you know, so December 17th, 2018, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2018, basically I signed, uh, signed away, uh, my life to the, to the business and, okay. uh, you know, uh, you know, that's where racing kind of my pro career, uh, definitely took a turn because, uh, life became uh, all about it. And, uh, now I'm trying to get back into the, to the game by, uh, the, the, the hubs and, uh, everything else, which is everyone sees now on the forefront. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I never knew, I never knew all the track records and what was going on, you know, so far back. Um, Mm -hmm. the last I had, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but it's like, I didn't know all the time and the, the obstacles and all the stuff that went into you showing up last year at an event and kind of showing me these hubs, you know, yeah. I knew that you were working on some stuff cause we had talked, you know, a little bit here and there, but, uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that's, that's awesome uh, to kind of hear the backstory and, you know, you know, that's, you guys are making all kinds of stuff. I think the hubs yeah. is kind of the claim to fame at this point. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, high quality hubs and those kind of machine type products like that kind of seemed to slip through the cracks over the past decade or so. So like nobody was really innovating there. Um, and now, no. you know, so, so you kind of have been able to fill that void and you're flourishing kind of offering, mm-hmm. offering us riders top level stuff. So, um, you know, kind of, kind of talk about that because, is that like the hub part? Is that what you knew you wanted to work on? I mean, obviously you have an engineering background, <clears throat> all these things, but um, 
you know, like I said, yeah. I mean, back, back in the day, people would remember some of that stuff that we used to use as far as, you know, hubs go, those brands that we were using back then. And then, like I said, over the past decade or so, it was kind of crickets in that category. Yep. Yeah. Now, and you mentioned it. I mean, it kind of was something that I always wanted to do because uh, prior to that, when I was building a bike back in 2015, 16, uh, I'd actually talked to Matt Rowe, Sam Rowe's dad. And, uh, basically he said, yeah, we well, can't get hubs. You got to order like three of them at a time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, man, that sucks. And then I went down to Alabama that year and I blew out my front bearings. I didn't know you had to run two double row bearings. Nobody told me, I guess, uh, you know, and Mark Baldwin told me. Okay. And so from really that point forward, I was like, I, I want to design something better. Um, and that's when I had the opportunity at rocket, we had some success early, obviously not doing ATV stuff. Yep. And then, uh, yep. that was when it that started. Was, that was when it was, it was time to do that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of got asked this question yesterday, I guess we can lead right into that now, but, um, you know, I, I told a gentleman to tune in to our show here because he would, you would answer this question for us, but I guess talk about what sets you apart from the competition that there is, um, you know, kind of in your market. Why Rocket? Mm -hmm. Because somebody was asking me just yesterday why they should use Rocket Hubs versus some of the other stuff that's out there. Absolutely. Um, so there's a couple things that we do different than most hubs. Uh, first off, we use a five millimeter larger bearing on the backside, I guess, so the inner side of the spindle, um, which the dynamic load capacity of a five millimeter larger bearing is much Huge. higher. Yeah. yeah. Then the next thing, uh, the biggest difference is most guys are running a two bearings pressed together on the outside, which engineering wise is like, that's wrong. I mean, like they're rubbing up against each other. It's like, that's just wrong. They are, they make a bearing that has dual rows. So basically right. what, what we did was just, put a dual row bearing in there, um, which has double the dynamic load capacity of any double row setup uh, hub on the market. So, sure. So for longevity and function, I mean, you're substantially yeah. more efficient in, you know, head and shoulders over some of the other stuff that's out there is what you're saying. A absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, really from there, it was, you know, we're on generation four uh, of our hubs uh, really what generation one versus four means is we just keep getting lighter, keep, you know, in, innovating and stuff like that. And, yep. uh, so, so now, uh, we're the lightest, I would say as well, too. Uh, so. That's, that's huge. You know, you, to, I can't imagine what it feels like to you, at least in the racing side of things, how far you've come in the last year. <laughs> yeah. I say, okay, I, I should take back. I should tell you some truth here a little bit. I okay. say generate, I should, I should say, on the website and I tell people it's generation four, but it's like probably generation 436. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I'm not kidding, man. Every day I come up with something new or I see something a little bit different and I'm always trying to make it better. And, uh, you know, some people might say, well, it's just hubs or something like that, but you know, it's just the pride and that goes across to all of our products really. And, uh, just trying to be better and, and develop because I was on the other side of the fence, you know, with you. I mean, it, it, like, it's like you want to have the best stuff and you want to give it to your riders, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that's what kind of, I don't know if I said it yet, but when I was prepping for my interview with you, that's what I kind of wanted to say is somebody like you who is a rider 
but is also an engineer on the engineering side, you're literally just trying to make the riding experience better. And you know, from experience, I mean, like you're using your background and and what you like to do, what your first love is to Mm -hmm. literally make the ride better. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing that I had a a conversation with Travis Moore, Logan Stanfield's uh, mechanic with uh, uh, 969. We had a conversation the other day uh, and we were talking about developing new products and stuff like that. And it's like, he's like, oh, I knew you'd listen and, you know, and things like that. And it's like, I take all that to heart. So if there's any company out there, like I'm going to do whatever it is possible to deliver the best product to everyone, you know, yeah. all the time, you know? And so uh, we've done that and we, we've tried, you know, we've done everything we can. And I think that's what's uh, sparked a lot of attention and obviously got us to where we were at uh, come Daytona. I mean, really. That's awesome. I think, uh, you know, you, we, we talked about this as we were getting together, but kind of fill people in on, you know, the progression that's, you know, happened from last season to this season, as far as, you know, kind of talking about that, that AMA TV pro class there and your riders. Yeah. Um, so last year we, like you said, we showed up at Ironman. I had a set of hubs. They look sweet in the case. Uh, and I, and I gave them to Ronnie Higgerson and, yep. uh, Ronnie, Ronnie was going to test them. And, uh, basically everyone thought they were cool. Love the looks of them crickets after that i thought basically i was going to launch these bad boys and they were going to take off into space you know yeah um nothing nothing well i ended up actually getting reached out to uh from jim hardy at phoenix um which kind of sparked all of this a little bit okay. and uh then once uh joel kind of found out that it was me behind it obviously from our history and stuff he's like all right i'll give it a shot i'll give it a try um he helped develop a lot into what we're we have now today Okay. Um, Joel led to, uh, shoot. I mean, Jeffrey obviously being on the team and, and racing with him. Um, and it's kind of now at Daytona, we had Brandon Hogue, Brogan Geyer, Joel Hetrick, Chad Weenan, Troy Hill, Alan Meyer, Logan Stanfield, uh, Noah and Hayden Mickelson, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Troy Hill, and Nick Janus on our hubs. So okay. literally going from Ironman the year before to 12 riders lining up on Daytona, dude, I was shaking in my boots when that, that, uh, gate was dropped. Cause I mean, I've now had... it's like, I felt the pressure too. It's like, I know what we delivered was the best possible product, but it's like, I got that excitement. I got that adrenaline that I didn't have before. Yeah. You know, you know that's pretty cool too. Uh, now that you've kind of told the story of, um, you know, of you coming up through the youth ranks, then you step away, you come back, you're going to go pro. And then some other stuff happens. You find yourself in this business and it's like, you kind of did make it to pro. Like you're the, you're a pro, you're a pro in what you're doing, but think about that. You have like almost, you have like three quarters of the pro class running your stuff. Like you're having your own influence on the sport. Maybe you're not on the starting gate in the pro class, but you're, you are having a serious impact on the sport and you know, the, the pro class, the top level of the sport. Yeah. And I think uh, I got to be behind Jeffrey and Joel for many years and now I get to be behind them again. You know, (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. It's uh, it's been an absolutely pleasure, you know, to, to do it. And, uh, but it's, it's definitely stressful because again, you know, just, I want to deliver the best and, uh, every day, uh, you know, I want to make sure that, uh, nothing happens and, and that we continue to do what we've done thus far, you know? 
Absolutely. You know, and, and obviously, you know, you kind of being able to be the face and the voice of this thing. Um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you're the kind of guy that somebody's going to come away from an interview saying, Hey, I want to run that guy's product. You know, he's going to listen to me. He's going to listen to the other top riders, you know, kind of, uh, instructing him and, and he's got his own cheering interest in it, that he's a rider himself and this, mm. that, and the other thing, like, that's the kind of guy who, you know, all of us want to support uh, a brand like that. So, um, I obviously want to give you an opportunity to talk about the other stuff that you offer other than it's yeah. just hubs. I mean, you, it seems like it's growing constantly with the other stuff that you're dabbling in. So I yep. want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so we also do one of the biggest, uh, newest releases that we did uh, this year was the LTR spindles. Um, I know uh, we had a, like a, a black shadow over us from some other manufacturers who, who tried to produce some in the past. So uh, getting over that hurdle has been a little bit tough. Um, okay. But we have, we, uh, uh, Brendan Hogue ran our spindles uh, at Daytona. Um, obviously, that's the first step in it. Um, yep. We also, we do the, the oil covers for the Yamaha, um, you know, throttle covers, you know, the, the little trinket stuff. Um, you have we some rear to, end, you have some rear end stuff like a, a brake plate right in the back end. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we did, uh, was the, uh, the brake caliper or the rear brake caliper mount. Uh, yep. we added a stainless insert into it. So one of the things that I had when I was, uh, you know, racing is like, they would always wallow out yep. and like, you'd have like this slop. So you'd hit the brake and they wouldn't hit. Yep. And I was like, man, this is just such a simple design. Maybe like, am I just like missing something here? Like, why hasn't anyone done this? And, uh, so yeah, that was a big, uh, big jump. That was pretty cool. Actually. I, I really think that one's something that nobody really focuses on that, uh, is actually a huge gain. Well, so when I saw the pictures of it and that's why I needed to bring it up now was because I ran into the same problem over and over and over again, wallowing out these plates. Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe it was one of those things that just everybody looked kind of looked over, but I mean, you have your engineering background, you see it like, Hey, this is not that hard of a fix. So mm -hmm. you put, you know, kind of your background and, and your experience in wallowing these things out on the TRX and, you know, you offer a, a bigger, badder, better plate for, for us as riders. And again, like that's the, that's the stuff, like all these little things just to make your experience better, have it yep. not be a problem down the road. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that's like a, that's a really exciting thing for me. Obviously, you know, you and I have a, have been around this our whole lives and it's kind of changed over time where we're both riders. Like we still love and enjoy riding, but it's also changed to like, I like the mechanical side of it. Obviously you do too. You're an engineer. Yeah. But, um, so that's, that's kind of cool. Like to see that, that, uh, that mount there. I mean, I got, I got excited about it. So, uh, I wanted you to yeah. be able to talk about that because <laughs> tons of tons of TRX guys right now are saying, wait, they make one of those. Cause I run into the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, our, our stuff isn't dis disposable. I want you to buy our stuff and run it for the next 10 years. I don't right. want you to buy it. You know, like that's really what it is because I've been in everyone's position where it's like you're buying stuff over and over and it breaks. And it's just like, man, I can't afford this. You right. know, I, like, don't get me wrong. Our stuff, like, you know, sometimes it's not always the same price as our competitors, but that's because we we're different. We're making it better. I don't want you to buy it every year, man. So anybody that has bought your stuff or has got your stuff, the way it's presented in the case that it comes in alone kind of shows you what you're getting. 
you know, like um, just the, the case and it's padded. Like you think you're, when you delivered them to me, it was like I was getting delivered something from NASA. Like that's how it <laughs> felt, you know? So um, anybody that's had your stuff or seen your stuff or seen the delivery and you can tell the quality of stuff that it is. So um, just like anything else, you're no different. You're getting what you pay for, you know, whatever the price point is, you're not going to have to buy it again, you know, in some no. short duration, duration, like, just like you said, you said it better than I ever could is, you know, you're like trying to build something for the long haul and, uh, Absolutely. and hopefully that it's sustainable for people. So you had mentioned to me kind of, uh, before we started the interview or whatever, but you had mentioned to me that you got some new stuff in the works. So can, what, what can you tell us about some of the new stuff that you have going on behind the scenes? Yeah. So one of the things that from the very beginning, actually, like literally as soon as someone finds out that, uh, you, you're a quad guy that makes quad parts. Okay. TR, like two fifty R guys come out of the woodwork. Okay. Yes. yes like, I, like, can you make, can you make X? Can you make Y? And yes, yes, we can. But you're, I'm like, I'm not going to make one of for your, you know, uh, crazy, you know, build. But so one of the things that kept coming up though was the protract spindle. Okay. okay. And, and everyone who's listening to this podcast, I'm going to open up a can of worms for myself that I don't know. We have made a protract spindle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we have one complete. Um, everyone keeps asking me when I'm going to release them and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the thing is, is nobody's like, push me hard enough or bought one, whatever. Well, okay. So now fast forward a little bit. I started talking to Mike Walsh here recently and uh, he knows that I, I produced one of the, the protract spindles okay. and uh, both, both of them, both of us agree that uh, there are some, okay. I know lagger in the 250 R guys world is the Holy grail. No offense. Lagger is still awesome. Yep. Um, there's a few little aspects that him and I like discussed that we kind of think that we could make some adjustments to that. I don't want to say make it better, but make it more modern and also more, uh, you know, acceptable for people to get at a better price point. So I kind of want to leave it at that to some extent, but okay. him, him and I got some stuff going on a little bit right now. Uh, I'm hoping to, uh, we're going to do some testing that uh, might bring a whole new front end. Uh, and him and I want to offer a package deal basically. Um, I won't tell you the changes we're going to make, but I think they're going to be hot, man. So okay. I think well, that that's really cool. You definitely, like you said, you definitely know some people are grinning ear to ear now uh, hearing about the 250R stuff. And the cool thing is, is, um, you know, there's certain people that might think like, Hey, what is this? You know, this younger guy, you know, what kind of cheering interest is he having <laughs> a 250R? But you know, that's kind of where your family background is. Oh, like yeah. it's, you know, it's ATV racing. It's like mine. It's as far back is it goes like so 250 Dude, our stuff is in your blood too you know i'd give like literally my left leg to have a lagger narrow frame i mean nice. 250 r so like right literally anyone like lagger oh yeah not a it's it's up there for sure but uh yeah and you can see on my on our instagram i'm rebuilding my dad's r right now uh, yep. this past year that's I got kind of my, what i was hinting at yeah 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 dude uh and it's like 80% probably more original as of the day it was when he let it go, which okay. is even crazier. I mean, like legit, uh, 265 sparks motor with a YZ 250 piston, the spacer and all, I mean, no power valve. I mean, this bike is, is as raw 250 R as you can get TT setup. 
Um, one of the last races he had had raced at was Ashtabula, um, which I got to go back to this year for the yep. 50th anniversary and race. Yep. Uh, that same 250R. I mean, I got goosebumps talking about this right now, That's man. So cool. Like, yeah. Like, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't know. You would give the, probably the same for you and your dad, like oh, to have your sure. dad's 250R. Oh, I my mean, gosh. The, some of the quads, same thing. Some of the stuff that he let get away over the years, I know haunts him in his sleep to this day, right? So, um, same exact yeah. thing. So that's cool. I mean, again, like people, people are going to be drooling right now, about the stuff you're talking about, about the possible stuff you have coming. And again, it just further, further, uh, kind of reiterates, you know, that you're the kind of guy that we should get behind and support because, uh, you know, you're just an ATV person at your core. Absolutely. And I appreciate it. Uh, you know, everyone's support and, you know, we're always trying to get better. We're, you know, we're going to do our best and we're going to listen, you know, and, uh, we're going to offer cool stuff. You know, you can see, like I said, on our Instagram, give us a follow. You can see all the different anodizing colors that we're doing. Uh, we're customizing, we're doing custom etch caps. I mean, it's not about rocket. It's about, you know, if you want your name on your cap, by golly, I'm going to put it on there, man. Cause that's, what's cool. You know, you tell me, yeah. um, I want to do it for you. You know, it's not about me. It's about the riders. It's about the ATV sport and it's the love and the family. And, and that's what I want to be a part of. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, you're exactly right. You know, you're doing all the right things to, you know, kind of make it so that people are invested in rocket. You're not just, you're not just a name. You're not just some company, you know, you're, you're an ATV racing company. That's why you're willing to do anything for your ATV riders. And, uh, you know, again, that's, you're the kind of, kind of person that we should all get behind, but, uh, you know, obviously on a personal level, you know, for me to see a friend, you know, doing so well in a new endeavor, um, you know, that's really special to me. And, uh, you know, it's obviously great what you're doing for the sport. And, uh, honestly, like I said, you know, you're making the ride riding experience better for, um, mm -hmm. you know, for all of us, with all your hard work, with all your knowledge, with all your innovation, obviously I suggest, you know, the, the hubs and all the products that you offer. Um, I have them on all my machines, of course, I wouldn't ride without mm -hmm. them. And, uh, you know, it's been, it was an honor because, you know, I was one of the first guys that you kind of partnered with and, uh, you know, Absolutely. obviously I, I can't thank you enough for all you've done for me on a personal level, but you know, it's been really cool even for me because obviously, you know, you're a friend of mine and stuff, but just to hear kind of the progression of, you know, mm -hmm. racing as a young man, you know, kind of transitioning, getting out of the sport, coming back in and then just kind of, it's almost happenstance, you know, where you have a, have a, have a hub issue. And now like, now yeah. look where you are, you know, it's just, yeah. that's so cool. Absolutely. And I think, uh, one of the things I do want to mention too, and, and kind of a plug for the business in itself is, you know, yes, like my love, my passion, my heart every day when I go to work is in ATV parts, yep. but we're, we, we actually, that only makes up a very small part of our business. We're actually, we do a lot of medical automotive, um, food and drug, uh, pet food. Uh, we do some stuff for Harley Davidson. So I mean, okay. like all those things, you know, we do more than just ATV stuff, but let me tell you, man, if you want to call and talk about some ATV parts, by right. all means, we'll talk about some ATV parts. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're not obviously the only one, you know, there's so many people in our industry and in industries close to ours that, you know, they have these big companies that do all this different stuff yet, 
you know, ATVs might just be a, a, a small part of it, but ATVs is yep. like where our hearts are. So, yep. you know, you, which is good too, because you got all this other stuff that it's not, your company isn't going away. Like it's here no. to stay and you're going to still continue to do all your stuff, but ATVs yep. is where your heart is at. I think that's what we need for the sport to keep helping it grow. You know, those people that have that passion, that love for the sport and that uh, invest their, their time and their extra time into, you know, developing new stuff. That's all we're going to get better, you know, keep absolutely. Growing. Absolutely. Well, do you have, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about or showcase? Otherwise, again, you know, I just can't thank you enough for coming on. And, you know, this is something that I wanted to have, I wanted to do for a while. You were one of the, I mean, obviously because we're friends and stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're, I knew you had a good story to tell. And it's one of those things that not everybody knows the difference in what separates a next level hub from something that's maybe already on your machine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I pre no, and I think uh, we covered a lot of it, man. I mean, yep. uh, it was, it was, it was good. And I just really appreciate the opportunity and, and obviously exposing us to, to more people. And uh, like I said, my, uh, my number's always open and, and believe me, I'll, I will, talk the daylights the guys actually I, a lot of times i don't always answer the phone at the shop because i will talk for an hour about quad parts so right. uh, don't be offended if i'm not the one that answers the phone guys it's uh <laughs> i will talk your ear off man so yeah, i, I appreciate it. it dude i'd love to hear it keep it up and uh obviously continue to you know make parts that are making our experience better pal we obviously appreciate it i appreciate you coming on where can my listeners check out your products and all the kind of cool stuff that you guys got going on Absolutely. Uh, Instagram at Rocket Machining Design, um, as well as our website, uh, www.rocketmachiningdesign.com. Uh, Facebook as well, um, Rocket Machining Design. Uh, I often, oftentimes, and I'm sharing stuff on Instagram, uh, but our website is great. Uh, people check it out. All of the prices are listed on there. Um, we try and be as, as thorough as possible, but worst case scenario, give me a call. Awesome. Thanks so much, pal. Thanks for your time. And thanks for, uh, for joining us talking about some hubs and some ATV racing. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate it, man. You heard the man go get yourself some rocket hubs, just like myself and most of the current pro class are running. Thanks to DJ for coming on. Thanks to Jeffrey Rostrelli for coming on, of course, as well, especially for making it happen on such short notice for both of those guys. This week was originally supposed to be Cody Gibson, but when that fell through, Jeffrey stepped in, and the timing couldn't have been any better, and I've been wanting to get DJ on for a while now, so that couldn't have worked out any better as well. Awesome insight. Jeffrey wanted to talk about some things that... You know, you just don't get a chance to talk about in other forms of media. So the podcast is perfect for that. I think we'll all view Jeffrey and his path a little differently now. And I really look forward to getting him on again soon to talk about all the stuff that we started to get talking about at the end of his interview there. Also cool to get two guys on that I was racing with when I was just a kid. Special episode tonight, obviously, for me. So big thanks to those guys again. Thanks as well to my producer, my brother Dallas, who always finds time to fit the podcast into his busy schedule. Thanks, Dallas. I couldn't do it without you. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Blenders Eyewear, Mountaineer Brand, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, and Oats Overnight. Support the brands that support our show, and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find all of our sponsor links and discount codes on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com. So check us out there. 
And if you enjoy the show, we encourage you to donate via Patreon if it suits you. Simply visit our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, and click the Support on Patreon button. This contribution will help prompt continued growth and improvement on the show, and perks will be available to those who contribute, including hearing your name on the show. We greatly appreciate the support there. Another way to support us is by purchasing one of our new Digging Deep shirts. Available now in all sizes, purchase on our website, or you can message us on social media. They're only $25, and all proceeds will go directly towards constant growth and improvement of the show. So thanks to all of the support there. Our shirts have been selling like crazy, and we greatly appreciate it. And don't forget about your way to be a part of the show via our voicemail line. Do you have questions, topic suggestions, business inquiries, or something you want to get off your chest? Call us and leave us a voicemail anytime at 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. Thanks for that, and we look forward to talking to you guys. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional behind-the-scenes content and breaking news during this crazy time. But for now, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep that support coming while we keep the fire content coming as well. We're about to eclipse a million downloads, and that milestone is all thanks to you. We'll keep providing content for your possible newfound downtime as high-quality listening materials more in demand than ever before. You know I love the screenshots showing that you're listening, so keep sending those in, and I promise to keep sharing them. Again, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, tell your friends, share our posts, wear our shirts. It all helps spread word about us while growing the sport that we love. And remember, the show is available to anyone and everyone at diggingdeepatvmx.com, where you can also find our previous episodes, sponsors, Sponsor links, discount codes, shirts, and more all in one place. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And as I mentioned last week, but I'll say it again in case you missed it, just an FYI, 60% of our listeners listen via Apple Podcasts, and that's how I consume all of my favorite podcasts. Super enjoyable and probably the easiest way to listen if you're an Apple user. So just thought I'd mention that for if you're not a seasoned podcast listener, I seem to get a lot of messages asking for my suggestions there. With that, for Jeffrey Rastrelli, DJ Sperling, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, 880,000 downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. DNFs than James Stewart. See ya. Love ya. You don't have too big red. What the? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>